Jafada Productions presents In Conclusion We Digress The best hour of your life, you'll never get back Welcome back to the show This is episode 5 of In Conclusion We Digress Happy to be back with you all again for another stimulating conversation tonight And I'm joined as always by the five goons that make up this goon squad Starting with, of course, Tom joining us from Roosevelt Island tonight. Tom, how are we doing? Hey guys, wonderful. Aside from my nice crispy sunburn, I am uh, enjoying my evening. Got a little uh, fresh air this weekend, got to get outside. Yeah, for once. Agreed. Good. Good to hear. And we also have Carl joining us from Hoboken as always. Carl, how's it smelling there today? It always smells like shit, man. <laughs> honestly, <laughs> honestly, it smells like baked algae and Still? dirt. Yeah, mm. yep. Something I'm not like gonna get used to. This is something we could fix. We have the technology. Have you tried There's... like wiping your ass better? Maybe you're just like. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen. <laughs> my, I I finished my paperwork appropriately. All right. Try double ply, maybe. And Only two plies. Glad to hear you're doing all right, Carl. Even though it's it's smelling terribly. And last but not least, we have the boys from the Upper East Side. As always, we have Kyle, Pat, and Mike. Gents, how are we doing tonight? I think we all uh, spent some time on the, on the roof this weekend, so feeling pretty good and uh, happy to be here as always. Yeah, I object to the term goon, but I'll allow it. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm one of those I told you so kind of people, and if we kind of rewind back to the earlier episodes, I did give you guys all a whole spiel on wearing sunblock. And it seems to have fallen on deaf ears because Tom's a little red. I saw Pat walk out of the bathroom today and he glowed. He spent the entire day on the shady side of the porch. Don't worry, we yeah. cracked out the aloe, which as every Irish person should have a steady supply of. But if you're Irish and you don't have it, do you live on, literally live under a rock? Probably, yes. Very Honestly, I've been, I've been afraid of aloe since that time. Blar- the Blarney Stone. Wait, you know when your grandma accidentally bought the uh, – she didn't buy aloe after sun gel. She bought the aloe like face scrub. It was a face scrub with oh, no. that had that had aloe in it, and we all got really sunburned when we were on spring break. And you'd put it oh, on, no. and like you rubbed your entire body. No. Oh, uh, <laughs> Ouch! Ew. Some of the most wicked sunburns I have ever received in my oh. life were oh, when we wicked were in Florida. Burn. Okay, yeah. let's not with that word. Glad to hear that you all mostly survived the sun this weekend. So today we thought we would talk about something we haven't really talked about the podcast yet. We figured we'd talk about going out, having a night out with the boys or your squad, being able to ball on a bus. Or the gals. Or the gals. Yeah, or the gals. Or, or the gals. That's why I kind of said squad and left it open-ended. Basically different ways to go out and have a good time, whether you are trying to save some money and not go crazy at the bar, or if you're just trying to ball out and have a great evening. So we're going to dive into all that. So I think we'll start for us with the bowling on a budget side of things because our origins in our drinking escapades came from having literally zero dollars in our bank accounts and having to somehow find a way to still have fun and still consume alcohol. I'm still constantly amazed that you guys were able to ball on a budget in Manhattan because I was in Baltimore, which is obviously a significantly cheaper city to do anything in really. And I always thought, like, holy hell, I'm spending so much money even just getting places or, you know, going to buy alcohol for the weekend. And then I would talk to Mike and find out what the same amount of beer costs in New York and be so astounded. So I'm actually, like, really curious to hear this because I wouldn't have been able to do it. 
Oh, we learned in a very, very tough way. So for, you know, for context, most of us went to school in a city of sorts. Kyle went to school in Baltimore. The five of us at some point in time all went to school in the Bronx uh, and the Manhattan outlying boroughs. So I think freshman year was definitely a good wake-up call. I finished freshman year with $9.54 in my bank account. And it's not that that's just like an oddly specific amount of money that I could remember. It was the fact that I had to take a train home because my parents went on vacation uh, right at the end of freshman year. And it was $9.25 to take an off-peak Long Island Railroad train from Penn Station. And I remember being in Penn Station. This is back when the McDonald's was still there, which is a staple. Yeah, mm-hmm. RIP to that McDonald's. Some of the Born best. Out. Yeah, some of the best nights eating McDonald's in that. Uh, <laughs> but I remember to, I had to bum a Metro card just to get me to Penn Station. I was wheeling my bags through Penn Station because I didn't have enough bags. I had garbage bags tied to a rolly suitcase. I had $9 in my bank account. I think this was the closest I was ever to, like, homeless i was i almost begged for change i think to get a mcdouble that's a lot of yen uh, though mike did i pick you up from the train station after that no uh i think my cousin did because i feel like i did pick you up from the train station at some point with several dozen bags but i probably wasn't that year clearly yeah you still do now what carry around trash bags like you're homeless yeah no i take kyle and pat everywhere i go okay then (laughs) easy easy (laughs) <laughs> easy carly you can't be setting him up like that man i mean it's not your fault but also uh, carl doesn't know he, he, he's, he's he's asking it with good intentions we do carry around a fair share of garbage bags around here on all accounts that's usually what happens after one of us gets fucked up fair which enough. is the balling on the budget we we have yeah. done some interesting things to get drunk or just even to facilitate that i mean getting into bars i'm gonna skim over the obvious way that we got into bars but uh it wasn't a cheap way either let me tell you that much no. yeah not mm. a cheap way uh in also, theory of course hypothetically also greasing cheap. a few palms on the way in was never a great way to start the start it paying a cover as a college student is well, the worst for, thing that could happen to you it was always higher for guys too at, oh, at, at certain bars even if there were 50 million women inside the bar and you had a group of guys and two girls, every guy was still paying $10. And you're like, are you kidding me right now? You need me. It didn't help that half of us look like we were 14 16 or 15. Yeah. You especially. Yeah. I don't think you hit puberty until junior year in college. It's a yeah. phenomenon, okay? Reasoning for actually trying to grow a beard when I was in college is because without my beard, if you've seen my wonderful face, I look like I'm 12. So I, I feel having the facial hair helped, even though I only could grow a, a dirty stash back in the day and it didn't help at all it just made me look actually more creepy and worse so what were college bar bouncers like in new york city because in baltimore they were miserable assholes every single one of them i'm assuming it was the same in new york but yeah there were a few cool ones if i remember correctly there were a few bouncers that i know our our group became relatively friendly with but there were also some assholes it was a good good mix no the, the bouncer at, at cannons which is definitely definitely was not named cannons when we were there yeah, just slip him a five underneath your college ID, which just verified that you were 18. You were giving him fives this whole time. I used to give him $1 bills. <laughs> I'm going to never take you to a strip club. 
Oh. No, he he always was like trying to scheme. So and he never checked when you like dapped him up. So always slip him a one, throw him off. So what we've learned from this is that Carl, smooth criminal, Pat, abysmal criminal, giving far too much money. <laughs> right, five dollars before he sent me back. I mean, listen, if it could have been one dollar and you did it fifty times, that's fifty dollars as opposed right. to we don't have to go. We don't have to go. Oh, to Carl knows though. He could have had a nice loogie in every drink he got. Also, there's no That's way fair. I was at that bar that many times. Oh, yeah, 100% we were at that bar that many times. We went every 50 Friday. Times? Okay, 50, 50, times. 50, times is, 50 times. 50 times is a year. That's a year's worth of visits. We went every Friday for like at least a semester and then probably another That's half true. a semester. We went every couple weeks. I went a lot more than you did, I think. Honestly, that bar gives us the quintessential balling and a budget story. So that was back when Pat thought he was a baller. And all the rest of us are drinking Coors Light and Bud Light out of the bottle. And Pat's like, oh, I'm going to order myself a, a Blue Moon because it's a fancy Belgian wheat beer. <laughs> it was a phase. So everywhere we It was went, a bad phase. It was a bad phase. I don't know how you get drunk drinking Blue Moon all the time, like drinking a loaf of bread. But he orders this Blue Moon, and it's, you know, in the Miller Light plastic solo cup. And it's got a half or whatever, a quarter of an orange slice sticking out on the side. It's like the good quality kind. Yeah, you know, good quality, freshly picked from the bodega across the street where Tom Tom would buy his avocados. And, uh, you know, this bar were asses to elbows. People were trying to steal drinks. People were trying to take sips of your drinks as you'd walk by, which was a legitimate thing. And we're talking, somebody bumps the orange slice off Pat. Because Pat wouldn't put the orange slice in his drink because he thought he was a bougie fuck and he wanted everybody to know (laughs) that he was drinking a blue moon so he'd keep it on the side so i had to pick you up it falls off on the floor and I, you know I'm dude i flicked like, it off because i was oh, tired you? of his shit that no, night that i was hit like- that fucker right on the ground <laughs> <laughs> carl, we're getting context in the story carl was like pat needs to be put in his place i'm gonna flick that damn piece of fruit he straight yeah. up play defense on, <laughs> on the rest of the crowd with his cup Yo, yeah, did Mike hold like a finger goal post or something? I was gonna say after Cole played finger football with the fucking orange slice. I know I was a little drunk and I pick up the orange slice and I was like, oh look, it's Pat's orange slice that was this on full the floor. It's worth noting that I, I this wasn't the end of the beer. This was more or less this was at least eighty five to ninety percent full. And and this floor was a floor where people legitimately had sex in this bar. The bathroom would overflow into the bar and flood the bar. It was. Absolutely let's just disgusting. Say if you lick the bottom of the of the uh, if you lick the floor, let's just say COVID is would be the least of your worries. Yeah, you would have got you would have gotten coronavirus in the year 2013. So the I pick it up and I'm like, oh Pat, your orange slice, you bougie fuck. And I squeeze the orange slice and flick it in his beer. No. Really aggressively. Dick dick move, by the way. <laughs> yeah, I mean, duh. I, I spent half I spent half my uh my 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 budget for for the semester on that blue moon. <laughs> It was like an eleven dollar no. blue moon. <laughs> so how did you wait? Okay, so was this like a one time thing, or was this like this? Pat used to do this all the time. No, was this is before. Oh, the blue, blue moon. Always thing? Ordered, oh, yeah, always, always ordered a blue moon. Okay, interesting. Now, and I and I guess the I don't know for some reason I just don't like it anymore. You're missing the best part blue of the story. Moon, though. Wait, there's a better part of the story. Yeah, so Pat was so fucking broke that he refused to get a new beer, so he spent the rest of the night. No drinking around no. the orange slice no <laughs> so he's no, moving Pat. that's not how it works man he's moving the cup like it's how do you know the, how it works? 
He's got the goblet of fire in his hand. He's got the, the holy he's got the holy grail and he chose poorly. You know I don't follow he, Lord of the Rings. He's he's trying to drink around this orange slice the entire night. I think at some point it went in your mouth. I think that's that's how the story Ew. That's it's probably penicillin just... at that point. It's penicillin at that point. You no, know what could have come in handy then? A nice dental dam. Bringing it back. I don't, I don't, One of those 50,000 dental dams. I don't think that filters. Does it? I think it just prevents, right? With that story <laughs> in mind, clearly all of us, again, we're broke in college, and, and a blue moon was a, a treat. So clearly we weren't really sophisticated things back then. That's a thought. But with that said, we always tried to outsmart the system and find ways to drink something nice while not completely breaking the bank. So I'd like to bring up the story of the gin buckets because that's that's one of the things I remember most. That's a bad noise from Mike. What we would do, I don't even remember what type of gin it was. It was some just like super cheap, disgusting gin. New Amsterdam. Was it New Amsterdam? Yeah. I thought it was Burnett's gin that you were using early on. And then you went to Amsterdam. Amsterdam didn't exist our freshman year, I don't think. God damn, no, we, don't, we don't care that you studied abroad, Kyle. I didn't say that. You brought it up, first of all. And yes, I did. <laughs> Everyone take a drink. Oh, have fun. <laughs> if I have that superpower, you all will be drunk pretty quick. Yeah, no, it was New Amsterdam, dude. It was New Amsterdam? Well, Sponsor us. Shows that I remember, clearly. But we would buy, like, a liter of it, and then we would walk to the local stop and shop. No, it was the uh, CBS, and we would buy the... 68 cent dirty sprite that was on the <laughs> on the shelf that was not refrigerated. Even more ghetto, it was a Rite Aid. And that place was the shit. We have the champagne beers at that same location, I believe, as well. Oh, the, you mean Miller High Life? That that is true. Oh, yeah. We we were blessed by the beer gods because at this particular Rite Aid in the the middle of the Bronx, they sold 12 packs of the champagne of beers. Yes, Miller High Life's in in bottles too. In bottles, yes. For eight dollars a pack, just just a fantastic deal. That is oh. a good deal, even though it's a terrible beer. Well, Phenomenal. I know that Kyle. Five years later, <laughs> it's okay. We were drinking Natty Bow in Baltimore, which is as bad as it gets. And my people from Baltimore are gonna roast me when they hear that. But it's not good anymore, guys. Just get over it. Because they don't make it in Baltimore anymore. Yeah, they make it in China now. Yeah. No, they China. do make it in Baltimore. Guinness. Yes. Pretty cool. It hurts a lot of actual fun. Guinness or like Guinness Blonde. They make both. And there's a special Guinness that you can get in Baltimore and Maryland oh, only. Yeah. yeah, it's really good. Major fan. Uh, well, I'll let you guys have that. Those Miller Highlights were another thing that we thought we were bougie about. Like, it's a Miller fucking High Life. It is, for those of you at home that are making bread to pass your time during the quarantine, just take a bite of the flour that's sitting next to you while you're making your bread. That's what Miller High Life tastes like. Wash, yeah. it, down with, <laughs> wash it down with maybe like a Gatorade. Uh, a Ugh. yellow Gatorade, <laughs> and that's exactly what a Miller High Life tastes like. But it came in a bottle, and we thought we were so cool. We saved, we saved the caps because we wanted to make a beer table. What it's do we all have to... about branding, man. If they called it the champagne of beers, you little fetuses were all over Funny it. Enough, I was home this weekend, and I have all of those caps with me now. So. <laughs> really? Well, that sounds like an arts and crafts project in the making. N- nice little mosaic or something. <laughs> I have a bunch of mugs to do something with, but I don't know what. That would be the time, though, wouldn't it? That's that is true. Oh yeah. I think some. I think somehow though, those Miller, the the champagne beer still was not the best deal you could get. I think, I don't know. The combination that we I think often resorted to at Manhattan College was definitely either the thirty rack of Natty Lights, which were just a delight. Pun so nice. Oh. So nice. No, no, no. 
uh, or if you were really, let's, let's just say, for example, that, um, I don't know, you had $3 or less in your total bank account, then you could always resort to the, to the dreaded Four loco, which I actually just recently lost my Four loco sobriety chip. Uh, I was three years sober of Four locos. What kind of Four loco did you drink? The one that you made me drink? <laughs> <laughs> may or may not have drank it out of a semi-aquatic fake bird as well. And then today, we actually, in fact, we, we have one of those godforsaken things on our patio because <clears throat> lovely Thomas brought it to us. And Pat said that one of us has to drink it before we move out. Yes. So he said it. Now it's a rule. And now it's definitely going to end up being fucking it's gonna, me. It's going to be a punishment for some sort of activity. Just comparing colleges, something that I had to resort to uh, upstate was uh, Genesea. Genesee? Genesis? Oh, God. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Genesee, yeah. you know? Creamers and Jenny Creamers? Yeah. yeah you shut you to... your whore mouth before you say some sacrilege. <laughs> we, we used to drink the Creamers and, like, Rolling Rock, which I could get away with Rolling Rock, but I, the other one, it just, I can't do it. But yeah, Rolling Rocks, right. I didn't mind it. Yeah. And, like, you guys did gin buckets. I, when I, I was in a fraternity, we used to do punch buckets, two handles, three handles of Georgie vodka. Shower water and sugar-free oh, uh, Jello oh. sugar. Oh, it, it was like and surviving the rush week plague. Like if you could last through that, you could last through anything. Good lord! I'm trying to think what we so makes you stronger. What are like balling on a budget? I mean, freshman year we were big beer people. My roommates and I. So I mean, we were kind of big everything people. It was fun. We live we lived on an athlete floor, so that was the whole thing. Go Greyhounds either way. Yeah, I think we used to go with the. I want to say. It was either Natty Light, Miller Light, or Keystone. We're all between like fourteen and sixteen dollars for a thirty rack. And I think that was where we would stay. And then we would never do the Georgie or any of that stuff because we knew of its terribleness. So we'd go like one step above. Like Georgie was like eight fifty for a handle. We'd go for like a nine dollars for a liter for the vodka, and we flew like, well, okay, we're really doing all right here. But that wasn't the case at all. In fact. I think our most questionable shit was definitely we used to, we drank a lot of Evan Williams, which oh, is babe. which is knockoff Jack Daniels, and we alluded to that like it froze that one time that we drank. I remember it. you said that. Oh no! And I think the worst will always go to that time we cooked brunch for everybody in our apartment, and we bought Sobieski vodka. I don't even know if that's how you say it, but it is. So that is exactly you? how you say it. So Blasky or Sobieski vodka. Sobieski, yeah, the listeners will know. Oh my god, the, you can tell the, the more Russian it sounds, the worse it is. The stuff the that's spin. next to Georgie and somehow less expensive. The spins were legendary. That was when I discovered the hold the wall trick. That was the I spent an entire night of my life holding the wall. And funny story about that too is when we went, we got bottle service. We thought we were bougie. Oh my god, it's the vodka that ruined our lives. Yeah. So we got bottle service one night. With, this was, was the Kyle's, opposite of balling on a budget. Just to, it was to Kyle's put birthday. Yeah, we went Sorry. to a club in Manhattan. Like I'm we the worst. Club in Chelsea. Kyle was like, yeah, well, oh you know, Pat wants to go to down the hatch. I don't like whatever. We we've done some bougie stuff for our birthdays, but Kyle was like, screw it. I want to go. I want to go to a out. club. And he balled out. We balled out, and we're like, we're getting a <laughs> table and bottle service at a club yeah. in Manhattan on a Saturday night. And so we're, everyone's like, all right, fine, we'll, we'll do this club. It was so much fun. And so when you pick up, it was the, wild. Yeah. When you, when you pick out the bottles, you got one bottle free. They were like, oh, when you buy X amount of bottles and you have to buy like two or three bottles, you get a, yeah. you know, a third bottle free. So I like, got, oh, it's probably like some crappy Smirnoff or whatever. I think we ended up picking up like a bottle of Tito's and a bottle of uh, something to kill. Bo- bottle of Tito's and a bottle. It was like, I think it was, was it Don Julio or 
I can't Don, remember. Yeah, it was like Don Julio or something like that. That was great. Like that, and then yeah. the bottle prices that, were really cheap. Then the you know the fire marshal's wet dream. The shot girls come out with the flaming shot, uh, with the flaming glasses or whatever, and the flaming bottles. And the third bottle oh, is no. that Sobieski crap. I look at it. Pat looks at it, and we had this PTSD moment, record scratch, flashback kind of thing. Like meme like, of the dog with like like the dog staring, and you see like the Vietnam shop. The Vietnam flashback. Yeah, like that. The Vietnam flashback. <laughs> meme, verbal meme. And then James yeah. picks it up and looks at me and goes, "Oh no!" And I went, "What? <laughs> like, what do you mean, oh no?" And then the next day. Every single person we went with that drank it, which at that point I believe was everybody. I don't know. I mean, we did drink a lot. It was a big night. We had a, we had a time, but the hangover was simply biblical. And the only thing we could think about as to why it had happened, because we were literally drinking like vodka soda, tequila soda, like no super sugary cranberry juice, no orange juice. It was this damn vodka. So if you're balling on a budget, avoid this Sobieski, Sobol... Yes, Key. We're gonna. I'm gonna figure this out right now. Can we get a pronunciation check? Shut up. I'm gonna Google it. Literally, two people were carried out of that. You, yes. And uh, one I of our other friends had to be removed from there. That club, though, uh, honestly, in hindsight, it was a lot of fun, and we thought we were balling out. But the craziest thing that happened that night was the fire department showed up, and nobody that was fucking believed, wild. Nobody believed the fire department showed up. People thought they just changed the lights in the club and were playing so music that had man. sirens, like a, a hip hop horn and a siren mm-hmm. going on. And then all of a sudden, like, firefighters started walking onto the dance floor. The DJ did not stop playing. People they kept were not, dancing. They were not strippers, by the way, which we no. all thought. That was my first thought. Pat, and then Pat started yelling, play burning down the house. <laughs> <laughs> and the DJ was not amused he, at he, all. He, In fact, he was pissed. did not play. He didn't play okay. Burn Down the House. He didn't play a remix to Burn Down the House. No, he didn't play any of it. I have the vodka name. It's Sobieski. It's S-O-B-I-E-S-K-I. Do not drink that vodka. It will give you the demon spins and then a hangover from hell. I think that's on the label. It should that be. D- that DJ was the, uh, that was that movie with uh, Jeremy Piven where they're the car salesman and, and Craig oh, Robinson. Yeah, the goods. And Craig Robinson is oh the DJ and he's like, DJ requests. And every time somebody makes a request, he's like, yeah, yeah, I'll play that. No, fucking not. I'm not playing that fucking shit. Fuck it. <laughs> so this guy like, looked at us like, no, assholes. I'm not playing that. Yeah, I mean, so that was the opposite of balling in a budget. But that vodka did, did come back. And as I have said, do not buy that vodka because it will cause you great pain and shame. Yeah, lots of anguish. I'm trying to think for, for balling on a budget, if you, if you guys were going to have a party, was it always a BYOB party in college? Did you ever provide if you had people over. We did for, we had a Halloween party, I think it was senior year, and we went out to like a beer distributor in Yonkers and just bought a shit ton of beer and we provided a lot of beer for a lot of people. I don't think there's ever been like a fully one way or the other situation. I think you either always bring something just it's courtesy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. How about in, in Baltimore, Carl, your school too? I'm curious to kind of- Yeah, was it always BYOB, Carl? Or did people like have if they had parties? It, it depends. Usually during party or pre-games, the guys brought beer and the sororities, they would make the punch. After that, when the party started, we would put out more beer and they, a new sorority would come and they would make more punch. After that, you were on your own, like after hours, if you were, you had to pay for your own drinks. And if you went to the bar, obviously, like you're on your own for that too. Yeah, I feel like Loyola was very, um, hey, well, we might have like a little 
but you should bring your own stuff. Also, I, it was very similar size to Manhattan. So like at the end of the day, we knew most of the people, even if you brought like, even if you invited someone, they brought their friend's friend, like I probably still knew who he or she was. And at the end, you know, you need a beer. Yeah, here's a beer, whatever, I don't care. Like, yeah, I, I, I just, I, I look back at that and I think, wow, every week I really did think, okay, I'm gonna spend 17.50 on beer. Ubers to the bar. Well, God, not Ubers back then. It was cabs, and that was a whole sketchy thing. I could talk about that for hours. Two dollars ahead to the bar each way. Usually, the answer to that question was, "How many people can we fit in this cab?" And sometimes the answer was 15 in a Prius. Well, that's I, so it was uncomfortable. I'm not happy about it. It was very uncomfortable, but the bar was being raided, and we had to go. And my boy Muhammad was waiting for me, and he was like, we need to go. And I was like, we ride. Well, that actually, it it brings up an interesting conversation, because obviously there's such a difference between having, like, just kind of a a low-key night in where you're just having drinks with your friends or also pre-gaming and having an actual night out. So do you guys think the prep is a lot different for both of those cases? Like, I know for me, freshman year, it was usually just you get a 12 or a 18 a beer and just let it ride. But I'm curious to hear your thoughts yeah. on how the, the, the events differ. If we're, if we're, like, getting ready to go out, I typically tend to go towards the harder stuff like liquor um, just because, like, you'll go broke very quickly if you just pay for as many drinks as you actually want at the bar. You want to ideally go in pretty wasted and then ease off of that. But for, like, a casual night, I think we just bring, like, uh, 12 packs of claws or something like that. Yeah, claws have been the new the new thing that everyone is going towards. They taste damn good. That's that's for sure. Have you guys noticed, like, you get drunk quicker on White Claws, like, significantly quicker? There is, is a science behind that. There is a science behind that. It's it's very minimal. I think it's more of a placebo. But there is some, it has something to do with the carbonation it, that it allows it to diffuse into your body quicker. This is when we need someone who has a medical background or at least a science background that didn't sleep through chemistry to talk about that. But there is some sort of science behind it. I don't want to fact mic myself on this one, but you can look into it. There's also that cool, there's also that cool effect too. That like, we have ruined our ability to get drunk efficiently by hanging out with each other. So your body produces the chemicals break that need to break down your to break like when you when you drink with the same people and you drink in the same places yeah your enzymes thank you it actually produces those preemptively when they when you see those people because they know you're going to be getting drunk with them it's it's this really cool science fact we have a a friend that's in pa school and she was telling us this and i was like why are you ruining my good time out by your crappy facts like now i'm just not gonna hang out with you anymore but (laughs) i missed that i missed that episode of bill nye unfortunately well yeah it's, it's the same thing it's with anything i forget what the, there's a name for <clears throat> what exactly it is but essentially any substance done anywhere when done repeatedly in one place it's a combination of your mind and your your body sort of processing things differently and, and perceiving things differently also it's a perception has a lot to do with it too because like i'm very used to being in my living room so my body keeps its guard down when you're out, when you're someplace that you aren't, your body's going to get more fucked up more quickly because it's on alert and it doesn't want you to get there. When you're sitting in your living room, your body's more, like, I guess, predisposed. Oh, I might be butchering this medically. And Kat is our friend and she will be listening and she will probably tell me I did things wrong. We will correct it next episode. But essentially, it, it, it just allows you to, to get drunker in new places quicker and with different people as well. But the setting is like a really big deal because it has to do with your, your perception of it. You know what that means, Mike? We need to start fucking with Kyle more in the living room. I'm so afraid. 
I'm so afraid. I think, yeah, we, need, we need to put out like booby traps for Kyle. Uh, what? No, please don't. We gotta, Every get, morning, we gotta get you out of your comfort zone. This is, we're, doing it, we're doing it out of love. We have to most dangerous game, Kyle. No, you absolutely <laughs> do not. Start hunting him with a salt gun around the living room. The living room is a square. I could see everything. You couldn't oh, possibly we hide. Wi- We've got a wild Kyle. One day a huge box. Is My name does sound be- better in an Australian accent, though. It's gonna be it's gonna be Nerf guns, and we're just gonna you're gonna get a text like run. <laughs> Wait, shoot the monster out of his hands. That's where, that's the source of his energy. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <clears throat> yeah, so hopefully the boys aren't gonna be hunting me because of this psychological effect. But we we'll want to just keep you. On your, we're doing you a favor, Kyle. We feel like no, you're uh, not. that's rarely something that happens. There's a handle of vodka that says your body needs some help to uh, get drunk. Oh, Jesus Christ. It's not, it's not recap our weekend. No need to deep dive that. Honestly, yeah, we've done some, we've done some questionable things to get drunk. I mean, I remember paying, remember going paying to people, go to people's house parties where they would make garbage can jungle juice back in college. That was the first time I would say like I was drugged as an adult person when they put the codeine in the jungle juice because our college gave out codeine like it was candy. If you went in there and you're like, I stubbed my toe on the way up here and it's swollen they'd be like all right here's a prescription for codeine or you can take some advil what <laughs> no this is the thing. Like, no he's not kidding it was like that and you could you... have been on your deathbed at loyola you could have gone to the health center and they would have been like here's a z-pack i went with the worst flu i have ever had during finals for my first semester of freshman year i thought i was going to die i thought i was going to fail all my classes I'm like, I have the flu. They're like, how do you know that? I'm like, well, first of all, I'm a lifeguard and my aunt's a nurse and I know what the flu is and I know all the symptoms and I have all of them. So, hi, I have the flu. Give me me a flu prescription. And then the woman goes, (laughs) well, here's a Z-Pack. I was like, no, 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 no. I need the flu medication. She was like, well, we can only give you a Z-Pack. And I was like, then what is the point of me coming here? (laughs) I was so ill. I slept for 20 hours after my last test. Don't you know I'm a lifeguard? I was so, dude, I was so fucked up on my own, like, brain. Because my, my body was running, like, 101 degree fever for, like, 24, 48 hours. It was so bad. I was so ill. Don't you know I'm a lifeguard is, like, saying my dad's a lawyer. Yes, it's the, it's the white bread chat that you do as a freshman in college. And guess what? Your boy did it. Do you know I'm a lifeguard? The, the woman's like, I have absolutely no reason to know that you're a lifeguard. <laughs> That's fair. She's like, did you know I'm a Sagittarius? And you were like, no, I had absolutely no reason to know that you were She was about as useful as a fucking astrological sign, I'll tell you that much. You're about to say uh, astronomy. So not, so not useful. Yeah, thank you, Pat, for interpreting my words. Mm-hmm. Well, staying on the topic of jungle juice, too, one of my favorite memories was when Mike and Carl made some homemade jungle juice. And that was some fucked up shit. So do you guys want to talk through that? <laughs> Tell us what was going through your minds there. Not much was going through our minds at all. <laughs> Mike, you want to lead us off? Uh, I'm afraid to give the recipe out because I'm worried that people will try to recreate it, even though I don't even think it's possible anymore well, because well, one of the ingredients was is no longer produced and probably partially because of what happened to us in subsequent escapades after it. But the jungle juice consisted of Everclear, which Tommy alluded to as, as to why he has a semicolon. Uh, it was Everclear 151 that we stole from my parents. Bacart, a bottle of, yeah, bottle of white wine, bottle like wine. Ye- yep. yellowtail that we had left over from our BYO Italian place. Some hey. leftover 
peach Bacardi, some raspberry Smirnoff, Kool-Aid. We stole the Dole peach packets from the cafeteria. (laughs) (laughs) And not about that. That's disgusting. And cranberry (laughs) and cranberry juice that we smuggled out by stealing the plastic cups from the from the cafeteria as well. And we mixed this batch up like prison toilet wine in the bathroom <laughs> hiding it from the the guards <laughs> and sorry yeah, yeah. <laughs> when it was done i think we let it sit in we let it sit in carl's refrigerator for a couple of days well, it has to steep yeah it it marinated i wouldn't even call it steeping it would be like marinating <laughs> <laughs> it, the, yeah. the fruit like really broke down and in it like it became part of the liquid the key was using the sugar from the packets too. Like we sat there and like waited for this viscous liquid to drip through a very small opening. The, the, the peach dough packets accented the drink in such a way. And I'm so happy that I wasn't there for this. <laughs> Stay one solo cup of it made you black out. Like you, if you had, if you finished a solo cup of it, you were not going out that night. It was, it was toxic. Well, I'm trying I to remember, was, was it the Kool-Aid, like the powder, or was it actually like a thing of Kool-Aid that you, like the um, actual drink that you pour in? I can't remember those finer details. Mm-hmm. <laughs> actual Kool-Aid man was made of this drink. He would just be intoxicated all the time. He would have been like, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, no. So wait, did you, did you guys oh, like it or did you hate it? I don't even know if I could taste it. It probably seared my taste buds off. <laughs> it was just <laughs> rocket fuel with peach packets in it. That's all it was. Funny story. We actually ran out of uh, gas in Carl's Golf, and we used it to fill up the rest of the time. Oh, <laughs> yeah. It's only 10 miles away. I think the worst thing we ever did with that was one time Carl and I got it in our brains that we were going to eat all the peaches that sunk to the bottom. And we had just this gelatinous mass of dull peaches that had been soaked in 99% alcohol for weeks on end. I, I, I have done, I did things that I can never take back that evening from, I don't even want to get into it because it's probably the worst thing I've ever done in my entire life. (laughs) (laughs) Not done. It's the worst thing I've ever said in my entire life to any singular person. Uh, so, so that? to avoid to avoid you having to, you know, I can tell the story that. if you want. Well, we should. No, no, we, we don't should need not. to do playbooks. <laughs> I have a fruit story. No, because we remember when that moonshine brand came out freshman year. It was old you have a fruit story. Is, is I am a fruit, story? and I have several stories. Yes, <laughs> it's all very funny. <clears throat> so back to moonshine. Remember the old Smoky that came out? It was like blueberry moonshine and had the blueberries in the bottom. Yeah. Oh, yeah. One of my friends who will remain nameless um, because he doesn't know that we're making a podcast yet uh, from college. My, one of my roommates, he, my he was like, I could roommate. eat a blueberry. Oh. I could do this. And we're all like, this is, this, dude, this is a bad idea. This is not something you should be doing. And he was like, nah, I got it. We're like, okay, sure. Literally puts the blueberry in his mouth, puts a jar down on the counter, looks at, makes eye contact with me. I, I felt like I watched his soul leave his body. Vomits in the sink. And we're, oh. I, he was like, oh, it's so bad. And we were like, we all told you not to do this. We're not helping. And we literally just walked away. <laughs> Good luck with that, buddy. You did this to yourself. I feel like sangria is like the only kind of alcohol you could really drink with fruit in it for a while. Like, otherwise, it's not too good of a, an idea. Because it doesn't break it down. Like, alcohol, like, really breaks it down. Like, the wine just kind of absorbs it. And then you can, like, suck, when you have, like, an orange and sangria, you can, like, suck the wine. And that's really good. 
It denatures the proteins. I don't know if that's correct, but it, it sounds like it might be. I feel like it could be. You threw that out there so confidently, and then you're yeah, like, if well, you hadn't said yeah. anything, I would have been like, wow. But it went like, yeah. That's why, I mean, confidence is 90% of being correct. I mean, it's all about buzzwords. So that way people know what you're talking about. Exactly. Like synergy. Amino acids. <laughs> Electrolytes. It's what the plants crave. <laughs> I actually want to ask Tom, because Tom, back in the day, was the shotgun and, and chugging beer champion. He just, he killed it back in the day. He's, he still can chug. He's free beverages. He can still do a good job. But I'm, yeah. I'm curious from his perspective, kind of before, with calling on a budget, how he was able to do it with just beer or whatever he drank. And now, now after the facts where you can't drink beer anymore and how you go about doing it. So I mean, yeah, that's a good point. Beer is so much cheaper and I would prefer to drink beer. Like once it hits your lips, it's so good. And that's some <laughs> say. Just hits different. Now I can't do that. So I have to drink white claws. I mean, they're fruity. They're good. But like, it's not the same thing as having like a cold, like an ice cold Corona, or I'm a oh. Bud Diesel guy, so or was anyway. Oh. But oh, so much gluten free beer options. Yeah, but they're predominantly you know very shitty. So they're not. Yeah, they're not good. I, my my roommate in college is gluten free. He was always like, try this one, and I was always like, it's gonna be terrible. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I want to. Exactly. It tastes like carbonated tree sap. But um, <laughs> it's accurate. <laughs> It's between White Claws and, you know, sipping tequila. So that's like, I don't know. I wish I had that freedom of having the beers. Like, even if it is a cheap one. Even if I could go for a nice little champagne once in a while. Beers. I would do that. It's not easy to ball on a budget with the whole, because I feel like all these huh. things that are like gluten-free, they're like, okay, we're gluten-free, so we're like innately more expensive. And then you're too Exactly. Just, it's so <laughs> stupid. Here's an excuse to make our product not taste good and also make it expensive. Yeah, exactly. For me, yeah, for me, like gluten-free beer is is expensive. A doesn't taste great, you know. B and then C, because of the two other, you know, because of A and B, it just takes it out of the equation pretty much all the way. Like if I'm going for volume, I'm never drinking beer. Yeah. I can't do that anymore, and it sucks. Yeah, how do we used to do that? We used to drink, like, we used to drink like twenty beers a person, and then eat a sandwich that was a cheeseburger, fries, mozzarella sticks on a hero. Don't forget the melted gravy. cheese. Oh yeah, with, with queso on it and like a bag of chips <laughs> after downing 20 beers. I mean, I was like 260 pounds, so okay. I was gonna say, sense. like, there was, there was a nine-year-old attached to you, basically. Like, no, yeah, I, I did lose like a seven-year-old. I'm gonna say like a middle, a middle growth bracket seven-year-old or Dan freshman year in high school. <laughs> Fair. Fair. For, for context Christ. here in freshman year of high school i think i was maybe four foot nine and weighed like 85 pounds <laughs> a stiff breeze would have taken you right away yeah <laughs> sandy must have been a nightmare oh, <laughs> <laughs> it was just holding on outside his house <laughs> now we've come a long way from those days where we were drinking rolling rocks and natty lights and all these just awful drinks and we've yeah. become more sophisticated now tommy for prime example drinks exclusively mezcal now like a very nice tequila like a douche <laughs> <laughs> call me what you may sir it's delicious that's but, fair does it have legs though no it doesn't i'm curious though with, with everyone now having more sophisticated palate depending upon what type of 
drinking session you're having, I'm curious if there's a consistent go-to drink for everyone at this point, or does it depend on what you're doing? Like if you have a different go-to drink, if you're day drinking, or if you're just having a day with the squad or the gals. So let's start with Carl. I want to hear Carl's thoughts on that. It depends on like my activities, but for something like going out, uh, I usually tend to go to Jameson. That's my favorite whiskey. Love it. You can mix it with tons of stuff. For a more chill day, like uh, my girlfriend's parents, they're big into like spiked Arnold Palmers and stuff like that. Just I'd sit by the pool, hanging out, drinking those is a good time. And then just for like evening casual events, uh, White Claws or Bud Lights. My favorite beer though is Wells Banana Red Beer. And whenever I do find mm. that, I pick up a bunch of that. I had those two. Those are good. Do your, does yeah. your, uh, does well, your you, father-in-law you come one. out? Does your father-in-law come out and go, this one's got the vodka in it? <laughs> <laughs> He's got a very heavy hand because every time I, I feel like I leave completely wasted every time we uh, hang out. <laughs> very here for that. Well, that, that's nice to hear, Carl. That's a very different drink for each scenario. It depends on the person, but some people are so consistent, so it's nice to hear you had a different taste depending upon what you're doing and who you're with, so... Shows you have a very sophisticated palate. That's nice. Yeah, I just don't like to play things out, you know? No, I, I feel you, man. I feel you. Mike, how about you? What, what are your kind of go-to drinks, depending upon the, the event? Oh, man. If I could drink one thing and one thing only for the rest of my life, it would be a single malt scotch because I'm a 65-year-old man. Can confirm. Un- unfortunately, as sure. a, as a reformed fat man uh, going through the, the steps, I have to drink these fucking white claws, which on a on a like a spiritual level damage me a little bit inside every time. Like you know they say cigarettes take like seven minutes off your life. White claws like are gonna add seven minutes to my time in purgatory or something. As <laughs> I really hate that we it's have to drink them. But I would say that's my go to these days just because of the caloric intake of things. And back in the day, it was definitely like a blood diesel. I could suck down a blood diesel with no problem. But yeah, I'm going to say single malt scotch if I could. White Claws because I have to. And a blood diesel if, I, if I'm feeling frisky. Pat, how about you? I, I have since refined my palate to strictly Bon and Viv now. Oh, <laughs> man. Ew, do not endorse. Do not sponsor us. Yeah, no. We don't want it. This podcast does not approve of Bon and Viv's, and we do not endorse it in any sense. So why do you always bring them to our fucking house? We we have, we have that's left. actually a fair question. We have a limited supply in Roosevelt Island, so but sorry, Pat, <laughs> Pat, we want to hear someone, your drink. If someone if someone recorded the most common phrase heard around Roosevelt Island, definitely the most. It wouldn't be it wouldn't be near the top, but it would definitely be very frequent. Would be sorry, all they had was Bon and Viv's. Accurate. So what's your drink then, Mister Critical? Uh, Critical. Well. Actually, shout out to Single Cut Beersmiths. Um, they, my favorite drink would definitely be anything from their collection because uh, I don't know. I don't know if it's the process it's really good or beer. yeah, just any any one of their IPAs. I would say because I'm an IPA whore. Big fan of softly spoken spells, but yeah, that's a great that's a great brewery, great beer, oh, and they're the delivering Dean, the Dean Mahogany, the Dean Mahogany Pale Ale. Uh, it's totally heavy boots of stars name, but it's fine. Heavy yeah. boots of lead, very good. <laughs> Yeah, There's, I really have. I don't think I've ever had a bad bad beer there, and I've you know been there a handful of times with you guys. So is that your final answer, Pat? Uh, yes. Well, maybe not that particular beer, but that was one I had recently that was very good. But any 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 one of their drinks. 
Tom, how about yourself? So I would say, I mean, claws, obviously, that's like a standard if I'm at a, you know, drinking during the day or on the weekend or whatever, you know, year round, because that's pretty much my go-to option for volume. But in terms of if I want something nice, uh, a mezcal, like a um, the Escalone, the Casamigos mezcal is my favorite mezcal. And they actually got me a bottle of that for for Valentine's Day. It's like 10 out of 10 Valentine's Day gifts. Romantic. Yeah, it's freaking awesome. It's so smooth. And I know that, like, I know that some of you guys, like, don't really like the taste of mezcal because it's smoky, but... For me, almost the smokier it gets, the better. It's not a tequila guy. Interesting. Oh, yeah. Well, Kyle, how about yourself? What are your go-tos? I, I mean, I could – I would say, uh, as Mike was alluding to, because the calories of it all, I will usually default to what we refer to as gay water, which is a vodka soda, uh, for the sake of drinking. <clears throat> and if we are sitting down and having a nice dinner, I'm going to have a vodka martini very dry with a twist. and. Uh, Nightcap, I like a little uh, tequila. Nice, some nice tequila, neat. A little Cosmigos, something, something in that neighborhood so I can, I can sip it. Which I know does mean that to some people I'm a demon, but come get me. Yeah, if you're a demon, I am in hell already. Yeah, that's fair. And for me, I think, just quickly to talk about a couple of things that I've enjoyed as I've gotten older and have a more sophisticated palate. I'm definitely with Mike on the whiskey and the, the nice, you know, I like a Macallan. I like a nice, you know, whiskey or a nice bourbon even when the time calls for it. But more often than not, I'm still, I think, a beer person at heart. There's a couple of local breweries here on Long Island that I particularly enjoy. So shout out to Six Harbors Brewery in Huntington and Oyster Bay Brewery in Oyster Bay, two awesome yeah. brews that do a really good job. But yeah, also White Claws, I think it's the, the move for everyone now. It's the healthy option. They're pretty damn delicious. So we're going to do the calories a all. point ranking all eight flavors. So that'll be a fun time. But yeah. pay with that for later contentious as well i can only assume i think because we've all said that we like white claw so much i think the kids call us simps <laughs> yeah that, that's the new thing yeah i think we're considered simps which i don't really know what that means so I didn't say white claw. Claw. for the record never heard of it i didn't say white i'll claw. do so, i'll do some more research but i've i've, heard, I've started hearing the, the zoomers oh god that's like their that's like their insult now i don't know i think we're going to transition now speaking kind of about going out and having a fun time with your group of friends we're going to talk about some of our favorite bars in the five boroughs of New York City. And we're going to have Tom and Kyle actually go through their top three, and we will discuss them at length. So, Kyle, why don't you take us through your top three? So, <clears throat> my top three, uh, so we're going to have a nice, a nice uh, variety of bars here. Uh, my first bar is a uh, Upper East Side this local bar. This is no particular order. I'm ranking them no particular okay. order, and you'll understand why. So uh, this is a local hangout. It's called the Upper East Side Local. That's what they call themselves. I believe that the boys will, uh, will join me in endorsing this place. And that is the Penrose. And the Penrose is on 2nd Avenue between 82nd and 83rd. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds right. 2nd and 83rd. And it is a fantastic place to go. They have really amazing beer selection. They make really great cocktails. They turn the lights down at night, but they keep serving food until 4 a.m., which is clutch because the food there also is fantastic. Uh, it's a really good date spot. I have gone on quite a few first dates there, but we'll leave that where that is uh, and some second dates as well. But I don't know. I really enjoy that place. I feel like I've never had a bad time there. The staff is really great. It's a good location. And inside it is like genuinely very big. 
uh, and the service is really good. I think Pat and Mike, and, and uh, quite frankly, I think everybody could vouch for that. I'm not sure if Carl's been there, but I think oh, people could vouch for that. legendary. Yeah, and it's you... a great spot. Yeah. Good, good um, lunch, too. Yeah, very good for brunch, too. That's yeah. another one. Uh, so my, my bar, again, in no particular order, my, my second bar is kind of, we're going to shout out the Diddy in Astoria, Queens on Dipmars and 35th Street. <clears throat> so Mike and Pat, for uh, we lived together, they used to live in Astoria, and we used to go to the Diddy all the time. The Diddy's got a covered backyard. It's really cool on the inside, very sort of... 90s nerd there's a lot of video games they have a sega genesis i saw at one point they have board games you can play they have mm -hmm. really cheap drink deals <clears throat> really good music all the time again just a place where i've really never had a bad night and always say that we need to go back to astoria because we need to go to that bar and for those of you that know the geography of manhattan getting from the upper east side to astoria does require taking a car because the train will take you the rest of your life <laughs> Um, oh, it's a motherfucker. Yeah, it's at least a 45-minute train ride. So we are uh, we're a big shout-out to the Diddy because that place is awesome. Uh, and then my last bar, and this is why I'm saying in no particular order, uh, I got to have to shout-out my favorite gay bar, which is Rise Bar in Hell's Kitchen. And the way that I refer to this bar, and it's very big in my life with my, my other friend group, is uh, basically we leave my friend's apartment and keep, we keep walking north until we get there. Uh, but I do believe it's between 50, 54th and 55th, I think, on 9th Avenue. Um, it's a fantastic spot if you're in Hell's Kitchen for happy hour. Technically, you can't do two for one in New York. So what they do is you buy a drink and they give you a card for a free drink after. It's a good time. Great for happy hour. Great for Saturday nights. Yeah, so those, those are my top three bars. I know that you guys can openly comment on two of them. The third, you've never been to, and all for good reason, because I wouldn't subject you to that. Yeah, so if anyone... That's that's my top three. I just want to say about the Diddy. I, my brother actually lives in Astoria now as well, and I've been to the Diddy a few times at least. And to Kyle's point, it is fun no matter what condition you're in. So oh, you she is she is over a spot. as an ox, you can go just blacked out beyond belief, and it's fun no matter what state you're in. So I oh, can yeah. definitely vouch for that. It's a really fun time. Definitely had a bar is a vibe. Honest, last time I was at the Diddy, I was creeped out by Mike's friend who I don't. My, this Mike's uh admirer workout buddy <laughs> mike's workout buddy slash stalker who is like on god knows what for about he brought a weird hours. energy dude that story gets yeah. that gets so much worse because after that initial night where we met that gentleman at the diddy he proceeded to spot me at the gym every time pat wasn't there and he like unnecessarily would spot me and try to show me exercises at the gym and then we moved and we hadn't been there in about a year. And I think we stumbled in there one night just because we happened to be at Single Cut and we made our way up yeah. from Single Cut. One, one random night. It was so And bizarre. he was there with his, like, fiancé and his parents. And I met his whole family. He's I was introduced. family, man. Yeah. I, was, I haven't like, seen no, you in, like, months. <laughs> yeah. Pat met him just the same amount of times as I had. And I, he was like, oh, my God, where have you been? And I was like, dude, I, like I moved like a year ago. And he's like, oh, you didn't tell me. And I was like, I, I didn't know I had to. <laughs> <laughs> and he was ah, like, locals. And he was like, yeah, yeah, like, you got to beat my whole family. Like I met his parents. I met like his sister, his fiance. It was somebody's birthday. I think I had a piece of cake with them. It was, uh, that's why I love that bar because that bar. Things to, are, was he trying to form a polyamorous relationship with you? Like that's what it seemed like. Shirt himself. I yeah, think, I mean, Tom, I think the issue with that is that I was a little bit uh, too distracted and inebriated to determine if that was happening. 
Because I was also, definitely also, there. Like, that night. like quiz, he quizzed us on our jobs and had like this weird information, like insider information about all what we all do. And that was a little off putting as well. Not gonna lie. He's definitely like, <laughs> he definitely like worked so for I, a hedge yeah, fund I, that like did construction, and he was I, looking for inside information. <laughs> He also I had a very, if I remember correctly, he also had a very intense conversation about trucks with Tom, I think. Or one, one of Mike or Tom. No, that, that was a forced conversation. He was like, dude, if you could have one truck out of any truck that's out there, like, what kind of truck would you have? And I was like, oh. and he, had a- he was like, name a truck, name a truck. Like, absolutely. Uh, Which is an opinionated question, though to him, there was only one correct answer, I'm pretty sure. And I gave him the answer he was looking for, which was a Ford Raptor. Correct. Correct choice. I mean, yeah, but he freaked out. He was like, dude, yes! And uh, I really (laughs) wanted to get out of there after that. Could alcohol have been involved? Yes, and some other party favors in his... The devil's drink. Just got home from a ski trip. Exactly that. We'll play on the slopes, yeah. Say, Tom, uh, I think we're ready to hear your top three bars in the New York City metro area. Well, I will give Kyle props for the Penrose because the Penrose is sick. I didn't even think of the Penrose. Mine, in no particular order as well. I'll lead off with the good old Rathbones up on 89th Street and 2nd Avenue. Already? Institution would be the word. Institution, yes. You yeah, shout out to Dave. Yeah, our buddy quit down behind the bar all the time but no i mean it's it's a really cool classic like american slash irish pub in the upper east side it's where 20 somethings hood rats go to uh to make friends and uh yeah all right so the second one is ues um i don't know if you guys you guys know what i'm talking about oh the, it's the, the, speakeasy, the speakeasy yeah the speakeasy so it looks like I an ice cream but then you ask them a question that they need you to sort of prompt them to uh, what question? put up a, I can't tell you that. It's a speech. Secret. But no, oh, really, I walked up and said, I want to go in. <sighs> Did you? Not yeah. That. They must have been particularly lazy that it's night. No, the, the guy was just lot. super gay and was super hitting on me, and it was a lot. Oh, yeah? It was so much more than it needed to be. But anyway, when you walk past this closet where you walk in, all of a sudden it's this 1930s, style what would you even call it like a like speakeasy it literally just like yeah because there were no bars so it's got to be a speakeasy like a like a like a parlor room yeah exactly like a parlor room and it's yeah. it's really uh beautiful like they have like the satin walls and all that cool stuff and they have all, all these what kind of artisanal drinks or whatever the hell you would call them but they're like very specialty drinks last time we went there they were playing some creepy ass movie with uh who was it then? It was Antonio Vendanas. And who else? Oh, uh, no, no, it was, uh, oh, damn it. Um, Brad Pitt. Uh, Brad Pitt and Kristen uh, Dunst. And, uh, but, it was, but it was about a, a vampire who's in his mid-30s and he's falling in love with a 12-year-old girl. So that was kind of strange. But, um, hashtag problematic. Hashtag agreed. No, but that was great. Check out their Spy Club? venue. They have, no, this uh, is not Fight Club. What did you say? At least it's not Fight Club. No, I said, is this Fight Club? Oh. Then I remember Kirsten Dunst is not in Fight Club. Unless she was the other, unless she was another, like, part of the personality that... If you said Spy Kids, that would have worked better. She's not in that either. Antonio Banderas is. Oh, yeah, yeah he is. Does. He's the absolute star of Spy Kids. Oh, that movie series. So, so UES is your second bar, Tom. 
UES is my second. And then my third will bring it back up Broadway to the Punch Bowl. Punch Bowl. Oh, God. Yeah. Wow. Punch Bowl by no means is, is something that uh, the yuppie folk would like. It's all, it's filled with, it's like this dumpy bar with a couple of pool tables and uh, some bar chairs that barely stand on their own. And uh, I don't know, it's cool. It gives you like a really authentic view of the Northwest Bronx, I would say, right guys? Like, remember one night I almost got into a fight with a dude that looked like Action Bronson for no reason? You're, you're talking about a lot of that. You gotta remember that the Punch Bowl is not a place you went to in any sort of like normal state of mind. You went to the punch bowl after you've exhausted all other options for your night out of drinking. So no, you're, you're I, I would go to the punch bowl and like drink with my dad. Sure, that was a spot with you and your dad. Well, it I mean, was nice because there wasn't the crowds of just like freshmen trying to get into a bar. And it was like very chill, like dive bar vibes. It was a good time, it was fun. There was that one week where all the other bars were getting raided, so everybody went to the Punch Bowl for a week, and the and the this locals. Your Halloween weekend. Yeah, the locals got Halloween. the locals got pissed, and they just sat at the fucking bar and did not let anybody get a drink. That was we went there a lot actually towards the end. There's that is a quintessential picture of all of us at the pool table after we got fucking hustled by by the locals. Yeah, I don't remember. Never play pool against locals. But I'm definitely in it. Lights were on, but nobody was home. Nobody. That was a quick hustle, though. They, uh, I mean, what did they do? They're going to make their money. Yeah, exactly. yeah I mean, you, if you have a local crowd, like college kids make money, but they're too much of a risk. All right, are we going to vote? Are we going to like try to figure out our top? Yeah, well, the, so now that the, the uh, rest of you guys now have some bars to, to formulate what you believe the top three of the day should be. Top three of the six that you listed? Yes. No particular right, follow up. Well, okay. Well, that's not physically possible. Remember, yeah, that, that doesn't work. Whisper, whisper, whisper. Okay. Well, if you okay, well, yeah. Murmur, murmur, whisper. Well, I, I think I could say that the the ditty is is universally adored by everyone here. So I think the ditty should definitely be on there. Hundred percent. That was the first thing I was gonna say. Ditty's got to be I on the say, list. I would say. I would throw Rathbones in there too. Yeah, yeah. I'd allow that. Yeah. So the ditty, Rathbones, and what else? What's our, what's our last one? I think Penrose. Penrose. Yeah. So in no particular order, our top three bars in the New York City metro area are the Penrose, Rathbones, and the Diddy. So I think that's that's good work. That's I not a give bad night at either of those places. I don't know those places. I'll tell you that much. I want to give an honorable mention, though, to uh, <laughs> two locales that are near and dear to our hearts, and we hope that they make it through whatever's going on. Mm -hmm. uh, first is going to be Twins. Which is a gen yes. which is a which is a generational bar in this group. Wow. Um, this bar, we got pictures of members of this of this podcast's father at this bar. Oh, so this is a this is, this is this is a classic bar for us twins. It's on Ninth Avenue and like Thirty Fourth or Thirty Fifth Street. Yeah. Stop in there. Uh, used to be four dollar yinglings. Three three used to be three dollar yinglings. Three dollar four dollar yinglings. So still like the cheapest beer in the city. Uh, the other honorable mention I think we have to we'd be remiss not to to say would be down the hatch. Oh, yes. Uh, the you need to run. know what you're getting yourself into when you go. There. We'll probably do an episode either from or post <laughs> down the hatch. Post down where, the hatch would be certainly interesting. Oh man, yeah, I don't so, enjoy myself there though. <laughs> <laughs> sure you do. Like wait, like you don't have fun or you don't enjoy the person that you are when you're there. 
little bit of both. <laughs> Tommy's Tommy's experiences with down the hatch are like, oh fuck, another one, another tattoo. You, know, you have PTSD <laughs> every time you sit in a rolly chair, or or what? <laughs> that would be right now. I'm currently in a rolly chair. Uh, yeah, but that rolly chair. Hard. That rolly chair wasn't plucked out of the garbage on the side of Christopher Street. <laughs> <laughs> like an That's animal. That's a bad. Just don't pluck garbage on Christmas Street. Oh, I don't was, do that. It was either that or sleep on the curb. So bad. Yeah, no, the chair's better. Two options. Yeah, it was not good options though. I should, shouldn't get there. Well, yeah, I, I think overarching here, we obviously hope all of our bars, regardless whether they're mentioned or not, make it through this pandemic. Okay, we're gonna try and support them as best we can, and obviously, as soon as we're allowed to go back, we'll be patroning all of them. So. We'll definitely be stopping it at all our, our favorite local spots, whether they're mentioned or not. So I think with that, that'll wrap things up for our discussion on drinking and falling out of budget and our favorite bars and everything. Everyone, we're going to do our tradition. One sentence closing. Pat, we'll start with you. Uh, hey, guys. Yeah, quick shout out also to Session 73. Good live music bar. I'm a sucker for live music. Hope they're doing it right as, as well. That's very nice. Yes, I, yeah, I concur. Agree agree with those sentiments. Carl, how about you? Closing statement here. Uh, have a good night. Enjoy the nice upcoming weather and stay safe. Very nice. Very wholesome. Michael. Tom DeLong was right. Aliens exist. To be continued. Yes, that, that will certainly be continued and discussed thoroughly. Kyle? Dissected. Well, uh, it's been fun. So uh, we'll hope, hopefully, uh, please like, subscribe, share with your friends, and hopefully we'll, uh, we'll have you back next time. Where, uh, where can you find us? Uh, you can find us on Instagram uh, at in, in underscore, underscore conclusion, conclusion underscore pod. Oh, yeah, at, at the end of the day, all the links to all of our socials and anything else, as well as email, if you want to slide in our DMs or send us any messages, suggest any topics, tell us any crazy stories, etc. All that will be in the episode description below. Uh, all of that will also be on our Instagram po- profile and our Twitter profile. Uh, DM us, add us, tag us. We love it. Very, very nice. That was uh, a nice long run-on sentence, but that was big sentence. Yeah, I didn't mean to do that. My bad, guys. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't sense any punct- I didn't sense any punctuation at all. You know that? Not nary a comma. If you comment uh, and, and semicolons, speak in, in there. And speaking of semicolons, Tom, your closing statement. <laughs> <laughs> Well, if you guys are bored and you're looking for something to do, quarantine-wise, entertainment-wise, I uh, went back and watched Napoleon Dynamite for probably the 58th <laughs> time. I suggest you do the same classic movie. And it's wholesome fun for the whole family. That is another topic that we will certainly be discussing and, as Pat said, dissecting at some point. Uh, some of our favorite movies and their relevance in society even almost 20 years we later. So we'll get into all that on a future episode. And with that, that will do it for episode five of In Conclusion, We Digress. As always, thanks to the boys, and thanks to all of you at home for listening. Again, appreciate you guys coming back if you've listened to us before. If you're new here, hope you enjoyed. And if you like what you heard, as Kyle said, please like and subscribe to us. Please share it with your friends. Uh, We'd love to keep the conversation going and obviously extend the conversation to all of you as well and get you all involved. And have a wonderful night and wonderful week. And we will catch you guys on the next one. See you guys. Well, to my OnlyFans. Peace out. <laughs>